Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall. And I'm James Hancock. From what? Nice to be here, Rhonda. Nice to be here with <laughs> you, James. So coming to you today from Gadigal Land, part of the Euro Nation, and on behalf of James and myself and the team, want to start paying our respects to the acknowledging elders past, present and emerging, and with our gratitude for the care they've taken this land for thousands of years and beautiful land it is today. Now, down to the podcast. We do wanted to do three topics. That's yep. our format. Two newsworthy, notable items and yep. one really cool thing that someone's doing at work that we just think is really inspiring. There's a lot out there in the news that is still kind of bad news about work. But I know. Workplaces, right? Like we should, <laughs> let's just call it out a spade a spade, good or bad. Like there's judgment in the way they're written in the media, all of that. But what's the one that we've seen where uh, we're like, oh, spoke about it last week. We're going to yeah. kind of skip it a bit, but Yeah, we go spoke there. about NDAs or non-disclosure agreements, otherwise known as hush, hush agreements. Shh. Yeah, and Goldman Sachs is in trouble with them because they've put a whole stack of them, evidently, front page of the paper, um, into hush agreements, swept it under the carpet, and now it's sort of come out to say actually they were indicative of a poor culture and they've paid a lot of money to cover it up. Yeah. Which is Ex- sort of what we said would happen. Exactly. <laughs> it's basically saying, hey, when one of these is there, okay, when we're seeing multiple ones, start looking at what's going on to see what the patterns are. Is it patterns of behavior? How does it go? Is there a management tree thing? Is there a culture thing? Let's look at it. And what we're seeing is time and time again, when they make the media, there seems to be more than one, hey? It's a pattern. And uh, so, yeah, there it is. We said it would be the case and it is the case and they've got the example of it. So we don't want to over talk that, but I did get asked a really factual question. I got asked a factual question this week. Someone said, how many NDAs within one leader? So say you've yep. got an exec team of 10 and I'm the CEO, for example. Yep. Um, how many NDAs should each person have without you getting worried about it? Ooh, yep. Did you have an answer? That's hard. I think the numbers that we would say from what we've always looked at is yeah. that that number is about three. So it's not that many. Mm. One is these things happen, working relationships break down as any relationship does. Yep. Two, okay, that's unlucky you had two this year. Yeah. Three, really, let's have a good look at that later. Yeah. And there's something in this, right? It is complicated. I know we don't want to dwell on it, but there is like, what was the rationale? What was it? You know, navigating the gray, all of that. Yeah. But that's the issue. Can't yeah. talk about Bruno. Can't talk about hush agreements. So you, it's hard to get under the bonnet of them, right? But if you are the CEO and yeah. you're watching those numbers come up on your team, so if your team's got 10, yeah. uh, get under the I think the answer is what watch it like a hawk. If you're not measuring it today, go and do it now. Even the process of walking up and asking your team what happened is a good process. It'll start to make them at least know you're watching and it's not a free hit all the time, which is what they use it for when they get really addicted to it. That's the way to put it. What are we going to talk about that's not hush? Much more important. I want to talk about where I got to go yesterday because it was really, really fantastic. Where did you go yesterday? (laughs) I'll interview you for this bit. Where did you go yesterday, Rhonda? I got to go to Brisbane, which I always love and you really enjoy <laughs> yep i was invited to the women's investment summit yep awesome. which is effectively 100 women's national they all came from all over the country yep. but a lot of queenslanders in the room too get together and talk about addressing the challenges and how you can change the system a little bit to promote opportunities to advance economic participation of women yep. specifically through entrepreneurship and investment so it's a specific how do you let women build businesses yep. that can create a positive economic outcome for yep. others and employment and, and good for the country? That is awesome. There's so many parts to that system from what I can see over yep. here sitting at the side. You were there. Who went to that? Uh, it, 
a lot of people. Yeah, and you sort of hundred. Who was in the hundred? Like, <laughs> don't don't no, no, don't name particulars, but yeah, what yeah, sort yeah. of you know personas or whatever? Like, really yeah. interesting. So th- yeah. about a third of the people, maybe it was a bit more than a third, were people who are entrepreneurs, gotcha. people who've um, built you know made their stripes building a business and it's successful. So there was a lot of successful entrepreneurs in the room, which was actually pretty cool to cool. be in amongst their stories. And I met some amazing women doing amazing stuff. Um, second group, investors. Yep. And these were also an amazing group of people because a lot of them were actually running funds or really senior in funds and phenomenal ideas about how we do that, whether it be microfinance or for small ventures or community yep. lift or welfare changeover and things like that, right out to these really big VC funds. And you're going, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Yep. And seeing them all together, they can be pretty fierce. And it was awesome to listen to how inspiring they could be. And then the third group was policymakers and process makers and university academics and the people who do the research to decide what the decisions will be for policy in the future. Flow, yeah. So that was the 100 and it was awesome to be amongst it. I came home last night got home just before midnight i was so <laughs> tired because i just spent the whole day going wow that's so interesting just you know when your brain is like too many ideas too many- yeah yeah <laughs> explosion just, point I- <laughs> things are swirling in there yeah and i just actually can't process anymore but it, i mm. was but also your heart's really full you walk out of that thinking that's a pretty cool group of people you give them something cool and they will make the most of it everyone in the room was practical they were yep. generous they were trying to make things happen and we have always found interestingly there's something in the water in Brisbane with yep. regard to the entrepreneurial community. Yep. And I think it's the, the backbone of some of the women that are up there. They're just big, heavy. It is certainly Monica Bradley we know well, but there's a, a large a group lot. of them. Yeah. You know, uh, and so, yeah, they've just, we've we've ended up with really good, we've got a great team up there, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. But we've also got a tech team up there yep. and we've got a lot of really cool links and you can see why. These, these are people who understand you know, don't just sit there, let's do something that's mm. built and they build well. Yeah. You know, it was fascinating in that all of that was amazing. You know, it was fascinating as the interviewee and listener for a second in this chair was when you say the sort of labels, if you like, of who was there, like entrepreneur, investor, policy, government is as a listener, I reckon you went, you started to picture them. Like yeah. what an investor looks like is X, ruthless, da, da, da. what an entrepreneur looks so, like is kind of like so crazy wild. Can, That's really interesting. It's such a cool and funny thing to say because yeah. I can tell you that on with the entrepreneurs, when we, we did the afternoon together, mm. um, very few uh, 30-year-old guys in black T-shirts. Good. All women. So it was actually pretty cool. Great. All shapes and sizes. Yep. Uh, awesome group of Indigenous women there, et cetera. Just yep. awesome group of women. And you just go, wow, we're all different ages, yep. uh, nationalities, colours. I mean, we just, we were everything. So it was, that was different. When you get to investors, they were just as unique. Yeah, cool. You know, this was not a bunch of the guys in grey suits that all look the same. This was a, a group of really eclectic looking, a crazy normal group yep. of society. Everything from the pinstripe suits and high heeled shoes to the black t-shirts and, and jeans and, and all had great ideas. Yep. And then you get out to policy and you've got your politicians and a, a large part of the Queensland government came along and listened to the feedback and heard what we were working on and talking about, which was phenomenal to see. Yep. Uh, and the chief entrepreneur and everything else that they've got all set up there. Yep. Uh, but there was also a lot of young academics you know, saying, yeah, hey, look, cool. I'm the first person to research. I'm the first professor at my uni. And you're like, awesome. wow, this is awesome. It's just <laughs> I sort of had the feeling about that not being, you know, Great breaking assumptions that yeah. are silly, but I wanted to hear it, like hear all those visuals and um, parts of that really awesome network of people that were there yesterday, network of women that were there yesterday. Yeah, you would have loved it. 
Really cool. Um, there was a few men the in wall. the room. Fly on the wall would have been cool. A um, <laughs> few, few men in the room and acknowledgement that we need men in the room, of course. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but certainly if you wanted 100 people to give you faith in the future, this will be the 100. What about, the- yeah, absolutely. What about themes, focus, lessons, ideas? Like I guess anything else you want to share because that is such a cool forum to be at and well-deserved seat for you. I'd say with they'll release the report and we'll certainly share it. Okay, but cool. Yeah. I would say the lessons would be what is needed is really practical. So give yeah. us good mentors, good sponsors, good understanding. So it's reality. Yep. Those first couple of years of building a business are harsh. And yep. so you want it, someone to teach you how to do that. We know that from building one, but it's uh, you need someone to go, this is how you get through that patch, a bit lonely. Yeah. Um, there was really good practical advice on that. Really good ideas with regard to investment and how, how you put policies and who, how you get bias out of that and let women tell their stories. Because so many... A bit, a bit funny sometimes, but so many ridiculous stories of how women get treated by investors. It was just really yeah. quite amusing, although sad and not funny. Uh, and then the third side of it is that policy matters, like research matters, data matters. You can't make good decisions without it. Let's yeah. get the right research out of universities. It makes a difference to how we can move forward. So I would say the lessons and themes will be really detailed and I'm looking yeah. forward to reading them. Yeah, awesome. Can't wait to see it. That's And we had awesome some great champagne. That is well well deserved <laughs> after that day, after being part of the ecosystem yeah, and everything that else. That was good. We normally talk about other people, not yeah. ourselves, but this one I think is really important. We're for a long time, especially you, James, mm. have talked about culture, people and culture as part of economic and business decisions. Yeah. And we've done a lot of work in mergers and acquisitions and assessment of those mergers and acquisitions and decisions yeah. using culture and people and data and to look at it, yeah, and we've just been nominated as finalists for the big national award for the impact of technology in this space. Yeah, I think this is huge. So I think that award is awesome sort of validation that we're onto a good concept. Yep. Uh, I and, think and a proven one. Yeah, and I think the best <laughs> the best people sort of know that this is right, and people go, oh wow, like I don't know, I need to think about people. Let's have lunch after we've done the financial due diligence. Rhonda, you seem cool. I think we know that it needs to be better. Oh, you went to school the op- as me. Yeah, the opportunity. Yeah, good one. The opportunity needs to be um, is bigger, and it needs to be taken and considered seriously in people and culture, like it is in um, finance and investment. And our, our tech is, like you said, proven to be able to do that, and excited to keep using it with amazing I think growth businesses. Without um, uh, putting tickets on ourselves, the big part of being nominated as finalists is we're able to prove. Yep. The economic impact of using people and culture information, good information, um, economic impact on business success. And that's very cool Yeah. because right alongside that, we're measuring wellness and impact on individuals during the change as well. Yeah, absolutely. Supporting people through a merger as opposed to throwing them in. Yep. And the success of that has been remarkable. So excited. Just once in one podcast, we just go, go us. <laughs> yeah, rocket. We got news and here it is. <laughs> and, and our friends that work with us. So it's actually pretty cool. And the clients that we've been working with on that, thank you for the opportunity to do it. It's a gift. Topic three. Yep, this we has got to be good news. Like those is, were both pretty it, good, I reckon. It is but su- it is let's such, just do good news. I it like it. It's such a good news story because we went along to yep. the MA Financial Group 10 by 10 agreement. Yep. Okay, and had that evening. Had that guy. What, tell me about Re- ten by ten. Really well. You know so ten well. by ten, we got to meet uh, meet the crew on ten by ten. Basically, the simple concept of ten by ten is to say, let's get ten people together to bring ten mates, ten friends along yep. to um, donate, like put money down on the table um, that will go to um, great charitable causes in our local area, in our local community. 
Um, and on this night, and I think often we had three examples of that. I reckon we'll say a bit about each and good amount of money raised for them. What was the first one? Uh, first one, Go Foundation. Yep. Awesome. So it, What's that? It's a, a, well, yeah, it's so well known now. But Adam yeah. Goods and Michael O'Glockland have famous footballers, of course, but also now increasingly famous leaders. Like they've just since football yeah. have just had such an amazing impact on so many. They built this charity, Go Foundation, empowering through education because they see education as like the linchpin to changing society. Yeah. Um, they're changing the world completely for Indigenous kids. They only started in 2014. There's already 532 scholarships so far. And uh, what we're seeing from that is just a phenomenal impact. It's it just, yeah, you listen to these stories and you go, wow, that's incredibly cool yeah. to lift a generation or a family just yeah. by lifting one kid. It's actually amazing. That is huge. Loved hearing that. Second one that we heard from was Streetside Medics. Streetside Medics founder Daniel Noy. How was that? He beamed in from the hospital because Ca- he was helping a patient. Yeah, and like <laughs> Ca- Cameron sound off, dropped out of the call, came back. Like, I don't know, was standing on his head with a patient next time. It was pretty amazing to see the the pace and velocity of someone working in such a, an important setting like a hospital as a you know doctor, medical professional, and then going. And as a side thing, I can see that there's a need. I need to start Streetside Medics, this amazing charity that is dedicated to medical delivery, medical service for those experiencing homelessness. Out of a van, I think it started. Yeah. One van. And now there's several vans, different clinics set up sort of all over Sydney saying, we're not not judging you. You just need a hand. You got some medical problems and let's help you. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's very inspiring. I love it. I'm just like, that is incredible. And then the last one was a charity we'd never heard of, a charity called Eat Up. Sounds delicious. What is it? <laughs> uh, I eat up too much, but talk about Got the charity. To too. Yeah. But um, their mission yep. is to feed hungry kids so they can grow land and succeed. So if you go on their website, that's what they'll say. It started in 2013 by a guy called Lyndon Galea. Yep. Um, the founder, and he's got Elise Cook as his CEO. Mm-hmm. And just the most amazing impact, but the way they've done it is also really cool. So straight out impact, 2.2 million lunches. <laughs> wow. Across 600 plus schools. I think it was 612 for memory. Yep. Schools so far, trying to get out to more country towns. The guy come from, Linda comes from Shepparton, so he's a country kid, so I was blown away by that. I love country kids. <laughs> yeah. biased. Um but what he's delivering and what he's doing um, and really understanding that one in five Australian kids, which is pretty amazing, has experienced food insecurity in the last 12 months. So that's you know, 20% of our kids are having days where they literally don't know what they're going to have for lunch. Yeah, okay. that start blows my mind. In such a rich country, to have the need for all these three charities is extraordinary. But that one in particular, you go, wow, that is not even to have lunch is pretty bad. Yeah. What we looked at, though, when this charity, just by the way, as he's giving you this inspiring speech about what he does, he also, by the way, um, here's my logistics exercise. So 600 plus schools, 2.2 million lunches. He's got this fleet of trucks that goes to Mm -hmm. the schools three times a term, refrigerated. Yep. All these thousands of sandwiches in them. And they go out to the freezers of the school. Yep. And then hands them to the teachers, not Mm -hmm. to, from the centre, I know what worthy kids look like, let's talk yeah. about our worthiness but actually hands it to the teachers who can quietly know who those kids are yeah. and quietly get them some food but the logistical exercise to get it out to those teachers which we love the teacher bit 
was taxis, rotary, Uber drivers, uh, volunteers, yeah. Rotaract. It was like, whoa, you've got everyone you could think of helping out. It was just amazing to listen to. Just that community network where it's like, hold on, do you have like a million stuff and how do you pay for that? Nah, I get out volunteers and it's like a logistical masterpiece. I don't know the right words. Yeah. Um, to be able to do that was incredible. Incredible and trusting those teachers and we all remember them. They were the kids that... You know, when you're at school, the teachers who knew when you had a bad day, knew when you needed yeah. something, knew when you're having a hard time at home yeah. and could just quietly step in and give you a toasted cheese sandwich, which T- take action, is which pretty is cool. Perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> which perfect. is exactly what you need some days. Nothing more. Exactly. Um, so that wasn't, we just were so inspired by all three of those ch- charities. So check them all out. We'll put our links on the website too, but it, really, really good. And I think that's a beautiful note to finish on. That is Big More From Us. Big More From Us. <laughs>